Hi there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S4E8 of Pretty Little Liars, the Guilty Girls Handbook. Yes, we are. Fuck yes. Uh, yeah. I, f- I feel the need to interject. Marco got a, an amusing, perhaps unintentionally, email asking uh, what what was the implication of the title of this podcast and is there some sort of suggestion that uh, because we're bros, our opinion perhaps matters more than uh, you know the chicks who watch PLL? Well, to her implication was, are we saying that if someone were to say, oh, women watch PLL liars, that we're saying, well, bros watch it too, so therefore like we're counteracting or superimposing on someone's opinion i said well no yeah if uh you go back and listen to s1 e17 that's where the title originates it's uh, it was just like a joke i said at the beginning of the podcast um our opinions basically mean nothing but <laughs> what's funny is that we recorded this podcast like the whole first season we recorded without posting it we were really just talking to each other and i was lazy about posting for like a couple months and then we finally posted them all so uh yeah nothing implied there although perhaps that's just my male privilege talking but at the same time though we would not refer to ourselves as bros uh, at least not as i strictly define it speak for yourself bro <laughs> the hardy bros mm-hmm. the hardy bros watch plo too uh yeah. See, yeah but this girl shelby uh, uh she was coming from a good place she was just double checking but she uh, I may do it at the end of the episode. She asked me to also do my limited Tommy Wiseau uh, impression as Toby's dad. And I don't know. It'd be bad. But I could try at the end of the episode. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, The Guilty Girl's Handbook, written by Jan Oxenberg and directed by uh, Janice Cook. Also, do we want to talk about, sorry, one more introduction about the uh, roundtable? Uh, let's save that for the end. Talk about the end. Uh, so we start off this episode in a hotel room. During the day of Pam and Emily. Uh, Pam is on the phone. She's having insurance problems. Emily's making coffee. Pam's... It sounds like she's talking to the police. Because uh, uh, she, she's learned that it was a stolen car that crashed in their house. But she's puzzled. Like, how could the driver get away so fast? Yeah. And Emily... There's a giant hole in her living room from a yeah. car. <laughs> Emily comes over and gives her some coffee. Like, not saying anything. Looking very guilty because she knows what's up. Mm-hmm. And Pam's talking about how concerned she is on the phone, and Emily could have been injured. Uh, she ends the call. She's very frustrated. She says, "How does somebody just run away from an accident like that without one neighbor seeing them?" Yeah. And Emily just looks even guiltier because it was a. That's how it happens. Well, so like of the three big things that have very recently like shit on Pam's life, <laughs> Emily is Pam's pretty- life kind of sucks in this episode. <laughs> Well, like, Emily is pretty directly involved in, in two of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this um, motel does have a little, like, kitchenette suite, so that's not that bad. That's a, that's a fancy-looking hotel. To me, it looks like a set that they were like, make it look like a hotel room, and the, the set designer was like, shit, I don't know how to make it look that shitty, you know? Yeah, this looks vaguely hotelish. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Uh, but I, I, the driver got away. Yeah, of course. Nobody saw. I thought it was funny that Pam tells Emily to put a jacket on. Uh, one, because like, what is it? Is it cold outside in, in sunny LA where you're filming this? Yeah. Uh, and also just because the, uh, pretty little liars annotation summer is always pointing out like the like weird outfits that the liars wear, especially Emily, where like the shoulders are like cut out for some reason, mm-hmm. because like, why would you ever do that? Like, Oh, I, I want my shoulders to be colder. 
Um, and she's wearing like a weird vest here now with like semi-exposed shoulders. So I'm going to um, go ahead and call that a shout out to them. Good, good. Uh, it's like, look, I know you're doing everything you can, but this car crashed into my house. <laughs> so Emily is going to be home right after school to help Pam unpack. And Pam asks about that uh, college guidance session thing that was supposed to be today. And Emily was going to skip it, but Pam stops her and is like, Emily, like, uh, you can help me by thinking about your future. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, it's Spencer's kitchen. We're looking at Hannah's phone when she got a text from Emily. Um, presumably the question has been posed to Emily is like, how are you doing or whatever? <laughs> you know, how's your mom doing? And Emily responded with kind of okay, your mom. This is one of my pet peeves. The you are the two letters put together as er, because that's how I read it is er. So I read it as er, mom. Um, sorry. Okay, old man. Yeah, get that ball out of my yards, kids. Uh, so we see that Arya, Hannah, and Spencer are meeting there at the island in the. Oh, how can we even talk about anything without discussing Arya's outfit? Oh God, I, I, you know, I, I do my notes scene by scene, and usually like Arya's outfits are part <laughs> somewhere in that description. I had like a whole other block of text. This I have talked about repeatedly, talking about how forthcoming is the most batshit insane fucking thing that Arya's wearing. This is it. The moment is here. The dress itself, even, uh, first of all, it's a dress where the entire material is, like, kind of old, I I don't know what comic this is supposed to be, but kind of think Archie, even though I don't think it's Archie, but... It's it's supposed to be evocative, like, Roy Lichtenstein, I think. Oh. Uh, Anyway, big Technicolor, like, comic book print. Sunday morning comics, yeah. Yeah, Sunday Sunday morning comics print. Is like with the the material of this dress, and it has these like huge, hideous shoulder pads that are yeah. like these weird raised bumps. Like I don't even know. Like I I can't fathom. Like no it's, matter what the pattern of the dress was, those shoulder pads would be the most hideous thing ever. It's a two piece outfit that's basically tailored to be some kind of eighties abomination. Honestly, this is the fashion singularity right here. It's distracting and nauseating to look at I, I mean it's not that i don't like this outfit it's that i'm physically repulsed by it mm-hmm. um yeah so around and I, the, I feel like it really uh, drags down spencer's outfit which we'll get to in a minute well i feel like spencer has to squint to look over mm-hmm. at aria because of this this disgusting thing um yeah so somewhere in this four color psychedelic mess like around the neck and chest it's like this like fishnet or like nylons as cutout yeah, it has like a what would be like a very like deep neck that's then replaced with like mesh. Right. Um one of the word bubbles in one of the panels on her dress <laughs> This is said, beautiful. This is beautiful, which is ironic. Yeah. So I mean, she might as well be covered in garbage. <laughs> Spencer Collins today really likes throwing cars at people. Um just want to say too, counterpoint. Spencer is basically wearing her Gryffindor uniform. Oh, that's sexy Hogwarts right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, sure. it's, it's, is it, is it like she's giving you the finger and like fashion wise and like where, where you're going to place her in which house? I, are you saying Spencer's a Gryffindor? I don't know. It's like the show has retroactively like foresaw you placing the girls it's in like, different houses. It's like the most controversial thing I've ever said. Yeah. Apparently. I feel like everyone should agree that at, at the very least, Emily's the Hufflepuff. I mean, come on. Meanwhile, I'm like, which traveling Wilburys are the girls? But you're like going straight for the Harry Potter. Oh, uh, yeah. So is Bob Dylan, of course. Who's Tom Petty then? <laughs> Emily. Oh. 
Arya's like, okay, is there any chance this really was an accident? And Spencer just gives her this look like, are you fucking kidding me? She gives her a get look out. like, get, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the question is... Oh, yeah, sure, it was an accident, Arya. Well, why would A do this? And Spencer has to spell it out. To keep them off distance. To keep them off, off balance. balance. Sorry. To keep them from finding Redcoat or Cece Drake or whoever they're dealing with. And Arya's like, well, I really think it was Cece. And I hope Toby and Caleb find her. <laughs> um, Arya sounds just like a commenter on the internet there. Yeah, really. She might as well have been just like, babe, diva, follow me, please. Um, I-O-Y-S-M. Yeah. I-O-Y-S-M. Retweet me or I'll kill myself. Uh, <laughs> Hannah says, God, Spence, what is taking your mom so long? Like, yeah, why haven't you just cleared your mom of murder in like two days yet? Seriously. Uh, and Spencer says, courts run on judge time, not lawyer time. Well, this is not the first time that they've, they've lobbied that complaint against Veronica. Remember with the whole blood test thing? Yeah, but it's like, you know, the legal system does not move at your beck and call, Hannah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hannah's like, well, it's an arraignment. All they have to do is set bail and she can go. Only were that easy, Hannah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arya's like, hey, it's all good. She said she'd call when she was done. Well, just then, Veronica comes Take in. Take a breath, all right? <laughs> yeah, the girls are tense. Uh, Veronica very poorly opens with, like, hey, who's hungry? <laughs> She's like, I'll just distract him with food. Hannah's immediately like, where's my mom? And Veronica's like, Arya, Spencer, why don't you guys go upstairs? Uh, and Hannah's like, nope, they can stay here, spill it. So Veronica has to tell them they entered a not guilty plea, but the judge has refused to grant bail. And for some reason, this shocks them. Yeah. Like, what? You can't, like, first degree murder. Why won't you let her out on bail? What's the deal? Well, well so Spencer barks, why? Yeah. And Veronica's like, well, first degree murder of a police officer, duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a district attorney who doesn't want to make any more mistakes. I mean, like, just imagine that poor Rosewood DA when these four, like, something connected to these four girls comes across their desk again. I feel like if you are charged with killing a cop, you're probably not going to make bail. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty rare situation. Especially in a town this small that mm-hmm. has that large of a police force. And, um, like, and like they've got your fingerprints on the gun and the bullets. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, dare we say, open and shut. <laughs> um, so Veronica says they're going to appeal, and Hannah asks how long that'll take. Veronica says the paperwork will be on the judge's desk this afternoon, but some things have been put into motion. What sort of things? Well, they're moving Ashley tomorrow, changing locations of her current incarceration, and she's being remanded to the state prison in Muncie. Happening tomorrow. Yep. And Hannah's like, you promised! Veronica's just like, sorry. But Hannah storms off, and Spencer glares at her mom, and the girls like follow Hannah upstairs. And Veronica just shakes her head like, ugh, these bitches. Yeah. So that... They should have should have brought them to court to, like, yell at the judge. Oh, I feel like that's just the limitations of the budget, you know? <laughs> cut to them all in jail for contempt. Well, that's what I first thought, too, when they started talking about, like, Garrett's trial in season three. Mm-hmm. I just thought, like, just Emily, her face during a trial sequence would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, So, after the credits, we're in Spencer's bedroom. Hannah's sitting at the chair at Spencer's desk Soul looking... King. Like, lost in thought. We see that Arya and Spencer are sitting together over, like, Spencer's lounge chair watching her. Yeah. Uh, Hannah thinks she's the one who should be in jail, not her mom. And Arya points out that you, Hannah didn't do anything wrong. And Spencer says, yeah, somebody killed Wilden, and A is taking advantage of that. It's not your fault. And Hannah says, my mom went out there to protect me. How is this not my fault? Oh. I'm always fascinated the way they'll break down A. You know, like, sometimes yeah. they're positive, it's Mona, mid-sentence, 
they're wondering if it could be somebody else. Well, and, like, those they, two things are true at the same time. Yeah, they never, whenever, especially with Spencer, whenever she's addressing her suspicions, she always thinks it's somebody and it's somebody else, and she never like says, "Okay, well, I, it can't be them." So maybe it's this person. It's always she, like, I think they're this person and this person. She's capable of believing two separate things, acknowledging mm-hmm. they're separate things, but believing them both 100%. Well, like, it never occurs to them that maybe A killed Wilden. Hmm. No, because, I don't know. So far, that doesn't totally seem like A's style, but who knows? It's the old body. Yeah, that's still not the same. Anyway, Hannah's phone rings. It's Caleb. She doesn't want to talk to him. And Spencer assures Hannah that her mom's a really great lawyer. And Hannah says, and why isn't my mom out? It's a tall order, Hannah. Just saying. Yeah. I don't think uh, Johnny Cochran could have gotten her mom out by now. You know, uh, Ashley lives on Endor. Mm-hmm. But she also lives on the Wookiee home planet. You must have quit. Um, Spencer's like, because it's one hearing, she'll win the case. She always does. And Hannah's like, always? And Spencer's like, uh... So Arya butts in. She's like, so do you want to go to school or not go? Hannah's like, not go. Duh. Yeah. Hannah tells them to go. She'll be okay. She has to go see her dad. If her mom's not coming back, she'll have to go live with a gruesome twosome. Love that. So Arya and Spencer get up to leave. Hannah tells Spencer, you know, hey, say sorry to your mom for like yelling at her. And Spencer says, she's an attorney. She's used to it. She says that like with pride. Yeah. Uh, and then Arya and Spencer take off. Yeah, Arya tells us to call if anything. Hannah's face. Um, so mm-hmm. walking to school, we see Arya has a giant yellow purse. It's somehow the, making the outfit even worse. It's the size of a cat carrier. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my notes, I initially mistyped this as yellow submarine instead of yellow purse. <laughs> um, and then my mind flashed the alternate universe in which the Beatles wrote a concept album about the content of Arya's wardrobe rather than Sgt. Pepper's. Um, but yeah, so on this thing, there's a bunch of pins and flair all over Arya's back, like. Like butterfly, almost like a wasp. Like all those weird brooches and shit that Arya sometimes wear. That they mm. get a second life adorning her accessories. So she's walking and texting, texting, texting. Mike comes running up to her. Yeah, Mike kind of grabs her and spins around. Says, you know, hey, I'm going to be out late tonight with, with the team. Checking in with you in case Dad calls from Syracuse. Because I guess that's where Byron is, Syracuse. I think it's the first mention of Byron being in Syracuse, right? I guess, yeah. Uh, and he's saying, you know, please don't have a curfew. And Arya, of course, is immediately suspicious. She's like, what's going on with the team? Uh, they're celebrating after the game. Arya is like, how do you know that you're going to be celebrating? And he's like, well, if we win, it's a celebration. If we lose, it's a party. Crawl out of my ass. He's also like, what the fuck are you wearing? Yeah. And she's like, so what time do you think? And Mike's like, don't wait up. And Arya's like, Mike, what, you know, what time are you? And he says, it's important. I need to spend time with these guys. I need to, like, bro down with them, because there's been bro drama. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Captain Buzzkill here, totally up his ass. And then she sees that he's got one of those Tong Sudo, like, bags. The deadliest of martial arts. Mm-hmm. Did you see the logo? Kind of looks like our logo. A little bit. It's, um... It's basically, the the logo for this is, like, uh, one of the lost, like, Dharma Initiative logos. Mm-hmm. Only in the middle is, like, a fist. It's also kind of the shape of the uh, gazebo that Allison mm. is buried in. Symbolism. Symbolism. Well. Bro drama. Brahma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he, he needs to bro down. Uh, and then Arya is like very suspicious of his Tonksado bag and just like find out that Mike's been taking a class there. And this also makes Arya suspicious because she's suspicious about everything in this she's scene. She's like, oh my god, are you trying to seduce your teacher too? Yeah. 
<laughs> and Mike's just like, there's nothing wrong with learning to defend yourself. And she smiles very coldly at him as he walks off. She's like staring after him. These two are just so bizarre. I love it's, it. She oh. doesn't like it when people go like live their own lives without her permission. Yeah, that's very much not in Arya's wheelhouse. Um, so cut to speaking of which, Ezra's classroom. It's another great shot. We're watching Ezra through a window. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's looking at a piece of paper and talking to someone on the phone. And he says, "So is it an elephant? Uh, a dinosaur? This is a very ill-fitting suit that he's wearing. I think he might have ironed it with a rock. Hmm. That sounds about right." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talking to Malcolm, and he needs a hint on whatever masterpiece Malcolm has drawn for him there. <laughs> we find out it's apparently supposed to be Ezra. <laughs> he's like, I-, I don't think that's my elbow. I think that's my dick. Um, oh. Sorry, that was, my, that was my very poor Party Down reference. Um, then Ezra looks over and sees that Emily is there. And he's just like, look, Rembrandt, I need to go. And he hangs up on the kid. Um, Ezra didn't think she'd show, neither did Emily, but her mom wants her to focus on her future, with or without a house. <laughs> Ezra's like, I'm so sorry. It's like the Can't even imagine what you're going through. Do the police have any ideas? Any leads, yeah. Um, she tells them that they know it's a stolen car, but that's about it. Uh, Ezra suggests they postpone this. What was the accident? What was going on with Ashley Marin? And he says no, because she doesn't want to start missing deadlines. Doesn't Ezra just seem a little too concerned lately? Oh, yeah. He he's, is. He's, he's having little heart-to-hearts with Hannah. Heart to hearts with Emily. Yeah. Mm. It, uh, at best, you should be like, is he trying to wheel his way back into Arya? Like, yeah. You know, friends. But on this show, it's probably more insidious than that. Um, well, yeah, there's definitely the vibe that like he's going to befriend all of Arya's friends and, and just be like, hey, so what's Arya up to? Babe, diva, follow me or I'll kill myself, Arya. Mm. Um. This is the first time that he got there in Rosewood to the to the school. Emily and the other liars were dodging some pretty serious threats. He he tells her that he knows that Mona confessed to a lot of that. But he asks if somebody else is doing the same thing, if history yeah. is repeating itself. Yeah, does anybody still want to hurt you? You guys took a long time to speak up, and if this is happening again, Emily cuts him off and says, It was an accident. Some speed freak lost control and used my front porch as a bumper. And she holds up a college brochure and like changes the subject. Like, ooh, is this in Maryland? Well, he's just like, well, she's like, where is this? You know, yeah. like changing the subject. And he's just like, uh, Maryland. I love that. Like when he's initially like doing his whole like basically has a return speech. Mm-hmm. Emily doesn't even look at him. She nope. looks down. Like, she's not even like pretend to put on a fa- false face. Yeah. Um, keeping up this season's theme. Uh, so school hallway cut to uh, Caleb and Spencer are walking. This is where you get a good shot of Spencer's outfit here. It's it's amazing. Uh, of course, she's got in some sort of like heels. Uh, and then she's got like black, like nylon leggings, a short black skirt, a burgundy blazer uh, over a white blouse with a, like a burgundy and mustard ties. Basically, it's sexy Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I'm, su- I'm surprised they don't sell this at Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they do. Um, you know, we make jokes about about it but caleb is seriously wearing what i would picture an undercover like 21 jump street cop wearing <laughs> yeah really like if caleb was just like hannah i gotta tell you the truth i'm 45 <laughs> i'm hunting actual bad guys at rosewood high she's like why haven't you arrested me <laughs> yeah seriously um so you know caleb, felonies we've committed together <laughs> a lot which you've been part of yeah. um he tells spencer that hannah isn't answering his calls and she says well you know hannah's pretty ragged right now um Spencer points out that Hannah's like really reeling, reeling she, she, since they all thought that Ashley would be out, let out on bail. Really thought Ashley was going to get bailed out. 
I don't know why they thought that, but they did. And Caleb says, you know, I don't like her being alone. Spencer says, Hannah's going to call her dad, but that's not any better than alone as far as uh, Caleb's concerned, basically. And he's right. Yeah, because Hannah's dad sucks. And Spencer says she's going to cut out their English, make sure Hannah's still not home, like hiding under her sheets. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb's just like, hey, how are the rest of you guys doing? And Spencer's just like, we're just dandy. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like just gives him a smarmy look. But Caleb stops her and he says, you know, I drove by Emily's. You're still pulling pieces of the car out of her living room. So I'll ask again, how are you doing? Uh, Spencer's trying to stay positive. If A is escalating things, maybe it means they're getting too close for comfort. Maybe Caleb and Toby are getting too close to Wilden's killer. Not likely. Yeah, not fucking likely at all. A big, but, big old fucking red herring into nowhere. But at but. least we know that the Hardy Bros are still on the case. Mm-hmm. I like and, this, the second reference to the Hardy Bros in this episode alone. Yeah. Anyway, that number you pulled from Nigel's cell phone. Uh, did you ever figure out who was on the other end? And Caleb's like, somebody really smart. That <laughs> number is assigned to three people and three addresses, all in New York. Which one's real? He doesn't know. He has dispatched Toby to New York to knock on doors. Which I feel like it's criminal that we don't get those scenes in this episode. The teen contractor has nothing better to do than drive up to New York, scare the shit out of people, because when they answer that knock on their door, it's that face. He's just like, hi, I'm a New York private dick. Toby is the one who knocks. Um, Spencer suggests that the owner of that number is C.C. Drake. Caleb's like, I don't know, maybe. Uh, the bell rings. He asked Spencer to have plant Hannah please call him. She says, sure. They both go their separate ways. I mean, how unlikely is it that C.C. Drake is actually at the other end of that line? Well, she's like, in the answer to the knock where Toby's there, and she's just like, oh, shit, I didn't think you'd actually find me. <laughs> she just shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer, come help me. Uh, <laughs> I'm really working on my Toby impression. The problem is this is an audio podcast, so like I just keep doing the. You can't the do all the hand hands. acting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God, Keegan Allen, go buy his photo book, folks. Um. So in Ezra's classroom, uh, Emily's the, looking at a college of Ezra. Yeah, Emily's like, this college is tiny. Why even apply? Uh, they probably have very few slots available. And Fitz says, let's not write our rejection letter quite yet. Probably have a better shot than most people. But Emily's like, uh, FYI, like I'm not swimming anymore. And he's like, no, I was talking about your work outside of the pool. These little colleges are looking to build communities. They'd probably be pretty excited about the work you did last summer in Haiti. And Emily's like, eh, that was just for three weeks. And Ezra's like, yeah, three weeks volunteering and not thinking about yourself. That's pretty impressive for a high school student. In Aria world, they hand out Nobel Prize, Nobel prizes for that kind of valor. He's like, Aria's never gone longer than 15 minutes. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emily says that she doesn't feel that impressive. Ezra asks if she's in touch of you know one of her supervisors. She says that she has one, Zoe. Uh, he says to call her, see if she can give her a reference. Um, and Ezra's like, somebody has to remind you of who you really are, Emily. And Emily's face is just like, I don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Ezra has this yeah, look it's like face. Weak, weak smile from Emily there. Well, he has this look on his face lately, like he perpetually wants to kiss whoever he's talking to. Yeah. Whenever he's around Arya, whenever he's around Emily, even Hackett. Or Hannah, I thought he's just gonna be like, "Please kiss me, I'm lonely." Well, I, I feel like Follow he has me this. Kill myself. He has this new move now. Whenever somebody leaves a scene, he's kind of staring at the ground and then like doesn't move his body or head at all, but just raises his eyes up to watch the person. Hey, Ezra, you're not Hannah. Your face isn't yeah. on the end of that scene. Um, 
So Hannah's house, speaking of which, uh, Hannah's on the phone and passes a mirror. She's exiting her kitchen, going to the foyer. Yeah, a lot of twinning in this episode. The operator on the phone is asking if Hannah wants to accept a a collect call from an inmate. Ashley. (laughs) Uh, Hannah accepts it. She talks to Ashley. Ashley, we we see, is in her orange jumpsuit in the same room where she was meeting with Hannah last week. Uh, Basically just, you know, Ashley. She's got a regular old phone out there, aren't they? Phones usually, like, locked against the wall or something. Well, like, don't you have the, the glass thing and you, like... Uh, yeah. Well, no, that's just for talking to, like, somebody on the other side of the glass. Mm. Yeah. True. I want that scene. At I least according to all the movies and TV shows I've seen where there's prisons in them. But, like, PLO needs that scene. Yeah. Well, didn't they kind of have that with Garrett? Were there phones for that? Oh, uh, it was similar. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, what happens in this scene? She's talking to Hannah. Um... Ashley says that Veronica told her about the bail and transfer situation, uh, and Hannah's aware, and Ashley says not to worry. Hannah really misses her. Ashley misses her, too. Uh, she says everything's going to be all right, and Hannah says, God, it's not fair. I can't take you away like this. And Ashley says, right now it's not fair, but things can change. And Hannah's like, yeah, yeah, they can. That's ominous as fuck. <laughs> As she says, Veronica's going to bring her here tomorrow. Um, so I can say, and then she stops, like, she's going to say, so I can say goodbye. And she corrects herself and says, so I can see you, okay? And Hannah cries, says, it's okay, says, okay. You know, she loves her. Ashley loves her. Goodbye. Yeah. All okay. the feels. Yeah. So Hannah gets up, wipes a tear from her eyes, and walks over towards the kitchen. She's kind of looking off screen well, at, some, at something. At the after the phone hangs up and we see Ashley like sitting in her jail like mm. you know thing falling apart. Ashley Marin, flame haired vixen of the jail. Red is the new black. Um, but yeah, yeah. Hannah, Hannah walks over, looks off screen, and says, "Thanks for coming." And then we cut and see Mona's there. Mona kind of turns her head, like how it's like extreme close up of Mona just on one side of the frame. Well, and like when Hannah stops, you know, kind of still in the foyer, looking back in the kitchen, there's this bright light in her face, almost like mm-hmm. fire as she it's approaches the, the, the devil. The brilliance of Mona. Yeah. Uh, as Mona says, what do you want? And Hannah says, I'm going to confess to killing Detective Wilden, and you're going to help me. <laughs> this sounds like a great plan. I would describe Mona as looking genuinely surprised at this. Mm-hmm. Mona Gloring. Mm. Um, so cut Hannah's kitchen later. Um, we're watching from the hallway, uh, the mirrored image there of Mona, as if there's two Monas confronting Hannah. I love that, like surrounding her. Mm-hmm. Um, Mona's outfit is really fitting in the scene. It's based on something Arya would wear. I mean, the earrings alone. Yeah, big earrings. Uh, you know, I have a whole theory about that, but we have to wait a few episodes to get into it. I would say if Indiana Jones had those earrings, Nazis would be after him because those earrings would lead their like ancient buried artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um, her outfit, it's red on top. It almost from certain angles to me, for a moment, I thought it was like a kimono, but it's, it's like sleeveless. Yeah, and it's, it's orangish. Um, but as you move down from the top slash dress, you see that the red eventually turns into black, and then she has black leggings on. Um, it's like all of A's colors. She's the girl of wealth and taste. Mm-hmm. Please excuse me. Won't you guess Mona's name? Um, Hannah points out that whatever they do to her probably would be less severe than what they'll do to Ashley. And Mona very calmly says, that's probably true. Yeah. You're taking an awful big chance. And Hannah says, I can't let my mom go to prison. And Mona says, no. I mean, talking to me. Suppose I'm the one who, set, who actually set up your mother. And Hannah says, were you serious when you said you never wanted this A to hurt my mom? 
And Mona says, yes, I was. So Hannah says, well, then you have to help me do this. Why me, says Mona. And says, because this is going to be the biggest lie I've ever told. I need you to make it sound perfect. Me, Spencer, the others, we all tell lies. But you're the only one who actually knows how to live in a lie. And Mona looks like both flattered and maybe slightly a little bit wounded by this. There's like a yeah, very muted satisfaction on her face. I wonder what Ari would think of having been downgraded from her previous perch, like the top liar. Yeah, probably be pissed. Um, so but I do feel like there's a there's a little bit of like pain behind Mona's kind of like like eyebrow raising flattery. Like she likes that, but at the same time, she kind of wishes she was just thought of as a friend. Which is what she tried to be at the start of the season to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Spencer's house. Spencer comes home. There's like legal boxes all over the kitchen living room. She's calling out for Hannah. Hannah's not there. Then some dude who looks like Lee Pace's little bro in a yeah. suit comes walking and carrying another box. Oh, man. This guy just. Uh, just what a, you just want to punch this guy in the face. That's the kind of face he has. Yeah. Spencer's wearing like, a suit looking extremely like smug and pleased with himself. Yeah. His hair looks like a wave that's surfing. Uh, Spencer's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Beckett. Which, first of all, Beckett. Beckett. Come on. And of course she's like, he's named Beckett. Yeah. She's like, Sam or St. Thomas? This is Beckett Fry, which does not help matters. He's like, you must be Spencer, right? And she's like, yeah, what are you doing here? He says, oh, I'm interning for Veronica, Goldberg Penn Law School alumni fellow. So Spencer kind of sidles closer. Uh, she really does have chemistry with everyone. Yeah, she does. Because she's like, right, that's why you'd be at her office. Why are you in our kitchen? And he says, oh, blame the DA. We got all this discovery from the Marin case. They send you everything and make you wade through it. Uh, DA got cute and sent it to Veronica's home address instead of her office. So that's why there's all this legal shit here. It's all Wilden case files. Yeah. Spencer's like, someone is in a jail cell and they act like it's a game. And Beckett, improving his slot in life, says Mm -hmm. it is a game. That's why they use the words winning and losing. I mean... So full stop. This guy is going to be in Hastings and Hastings and Hastings and Hastings, right? I don't know. I feel like this, I don't feel like this guy can hang. Well, I think he, he talks so a big game, but let me pitch like maybe this isn't like a pilot revelation, but like maybe like you know episode three, season one. This guy like works for like the rival law. Exactly. Firm now, yeah. And he's just like I know how the Hastings think. Mm-hmm. Um. So Spencer's like, yeah, you're going to make a great lawyer. Oh, yeah, because he's saying, you know, it's like a game. They use words like winning and losing. And she flashes like this wicked smile at him and kind of oh, like he's... like cocks her head to the side. And she says, you're going to make a great lawyer. He's clever and flippant in a mm-hmm. way that Spencer can respond to, which I think is funny because I feel like she's encountered people like this before. Oh, yeah. She has such great chemistry with them, which then for people like you and I, makes us look back at like whenever she interacts with Toby. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck? You know, like. That's why she likes Toby. He's he's not uh, the like douchey like waspy elite type guy. But he's, like he's a teen contractor. He's salt of the earth. From an audience perspective, though, I feel like other than abs, I guess I just don't always buy the way that Toby theoretically like sets her loins afire. That's why she spends her hastings. She's a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a mystery wrapped in a whole lot of money. Um, also, I mean, this guy. As far as we know, is not dating Melissa, so she's already uninterested. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, so she asks if he has more of these boxes, and he's like, "Yeah, plenty." Um, so she offers to give him a hand, and she walks past him the boxes. And we, you know, in case you didn't pick up on it, they're all marked 
Wilbin. Um, and, and as soon as his back is turned, she just looks so shady. Like, you know she's up to something. Shady days. Um, mm-hmm. Hannah's Kitchen. Mona's questioning Hannah. They're basically it's role-playing. role-play time. Uh, Mona says, what do you think you're doing here? I'm the one who killed Detective Wilden. And Hannah says, I did it. And Mona kind of rolls her eyes. Go home, little girl. You're just trying to save her mother. And Hannah says, no, you know, I'm just trying to take the blame. I did it. She's trying to take the blame, I, but yeah. I'm the one who did it. Yeah, Mona starts to get aggressive. says, you can't just keep repeating I did it. You have to tell them how you did it and why you did it. And Hannah says, okay, I know that. Mona says, everything that seems to point towards your mom, make it point towards you, okay? Motive. What's your motive? And Hannah says, uh, Wilden was threatening me because I told people he got Allison De Laurentiis pregnant. I think he might have killed her. And Mona kind of smirks, and she's like, that's good. That's really good. So we get to Spencer's house, where Beckett's on the phone while Spencer's like going through one of the boxes. Beckett is talking to Veronica. Well, Spencer is kind of positioned herself behind like these stacks of boxes where mm-hmm. he can't totally see what she's doing mm-hmm. as she's going through case files. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's talking to Veronica. He tells her that he thinks that they might have even sent over like Wilden's grammar school report cards. He tells her, tells her they checked the box numbers before signing for them. Um, Spencer's found something. She's intrigued by it. It's a police report referring to something that happened at Radley. It's, uh, uh, if, if you freeze frame it and read it, it's about Marion Cavanaugh. Toby's um, fucking mom. Yeah, of course, that storyline's not going to die. Nope. Um, Becca tells. Unlike her, his mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Splat. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it, we we see that like Wilden apparently wrote this police report. That's a detail here. It's important. Yeah. Um. He tells. Uh, oh, so he, uh, Becca then tells Spencer that the, her mother wants to know why she's not at school. Spencer's like, I'm checking on Hannah. You know, Becca then tells uh, Veronica that Spencer's the only one here. Well, the, so... the way he does it, he's he's on the phone. He's like, no, your daughter's here. And he turns. Your mother wants to know why you're not at school. Spencer's like, checking on Hannah. And then just back into the phone. He's like, you hear that? No, she's the only one here. <laughs> and so Spencer just kind of like, you know, eyes narrow. She takes the file. And Beckett's telling Veronica, like, no, it's cool. Take your time. Like, I'm going to be fine here. Like, I've got everything under control. As Spencer's cool. stealing a file behind me. Yeah, you, you, you're in the web of Spencer fucking Hastings. All your hopes and dreams will be now be turned into nightmares. Um, mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, outside Jake's lusty dojo. You see what he's wearing? He's, he's got like his, like, capris. Legs. Yeah, he's, he's wearing capris. I, I hate this guy. And, like, high tops to do karate? And, like, a big tank top? Like, what? I don't know. There's, like, a certain was, type Was of... he, like, also, like, doing something for, like, Step Up 5 the same day and so they didn't have time there's to change a... costumes? Starting in Season 4 and going to Season 5, there's a certain type of fashion that overtakes most of the young men on this show, which I don't have a problem for, with, like, character at a time, but I'll talk about it as the podcast proceeds. But, like, it bothers me that, like, there's, like, four or five guys in the show that will continue to dress exactly like one another. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Arya comes running up to him. She's apparently called this meeting. She makes sure that she's not taken away from her class or anything. And he's like, "No, it's fine." And his next question is like, "What the fuck are you wearing?" Um. But really, she says, "You know." So I think my little brother is taking a class from you, Mike. He ponders <laughs> it. He's like Montgomery. She's like oh. Mike. I think that's his name. Oh yeah, great kid. And she's like, "No, he's a little shit." Um. <laughs> Or it's actually hey, there's really a great. lot of like Mikey's a great guy from Jake in this episode. A lot of it, like too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe secretly, like Jake is Mikey's like paramour. 
is enamorata. Um, mm-hmm. So she asks, you know, if he's said anything to Jake, if Mike has said anything to Jake, something that someone like her should be worried about. Then she says that she knows she probably shouldn't be asking that. And he's like, but you did. So it must be important to you. That's great logic. Yeah. He's like, yeah. whenever somebody asks me something inappropriate, I just assume they did it because it's important. So I'll answer anyway. But you gotta, you gotta ask yourself, Jake, is his logic hurt or injured? I think it's injured. I'm gonna make that joke a lot. Um, yeah. So Jake says that Mike did say something odd. He's, he said that Mike had said to him, it's hard to focus on the game when your own teammates are playing against you. And Arya's like, what does that mean? And Jake says that he thinks I thought that, it was self-explanatory. Yeah. That some Arya the, doesn't get sports metaphors. No. Some of the lacrosse bros probably consider Mike to be an easy target. How dare they? Um, also, I've noticed in this scene that the earrings that Arya's wearing are basically the reef crowns that a Roman emperor would wear. Yeah. You know, Ryan Guzman, the guy who plays Jake here, is going to be in Gem and the Holograms. Of course he is. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was important. I mean, isn't that's basically what he's doing right here that we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, so Jake's like, what is it with your family? Which is a good question. He's like, first you and now your brother. Um, <laughs> and What is it with your crazy fucking family, Arya? Yeah. Um, so Arya tells Jake that she doesn't want him like telling Mike how scared she was. Jake says he won't. She doesn't want like, you know, Mikey worrying about her. And Jake says that he knows that he and Arya had had that conversation about her not being available. But he wants her to know that he can protect her without complications. If you're scared and you need help, I'm here for you. BTW. Complications, okay? BTW, is your vagina hurt or injured? I think it's also injured. Uh, uh, Arya just like nods her head because she doesn't really know how to process. She doesn't know how to process good guy. When he first like kind of gives her this spiel, she almost smirks. Kind of just like, like, like her eyebrows kind of raise a little, just like, ha. Huh. But then she, you know, kind of has a more sincere smile after he finishes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Radley, what's going on at Radley? We can see Hastings, Hastings name tag there in her, in her Hogwarts uniform. Mm-hmm. She's carrying, Spencer's carrying a, one of those like tins of cookies, those like kind of plaid red tins. She's learned from the best, the mm-hmm. best being Mona. Yeah, walks into the kind of nursing station desk, which is also like right next to like the common area. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looks over, she sees Eddie Lamb is helping one of those like blonde Smurfy girls who I'm pretty sure is like the same actress that from was... the Bullet Circle Beyond Broken. Yeah, which like, I therapy. Yeah, I gotta wonder if that's like one of the writers or or somebody on the crew or something. That's a great cameo for a writer. Well, I mean, like a mentally unhinged person. It seems crazy that they would actually like have an actress that they cast just to like not ever say anything and be in the background in Radley scenes. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, That's a cameo I would love to have to play a patient at Radley. Yeah. Eddie helps this uh, Bond girl over to a table and Spencer's kind of sidling up behind him. Eddie finishes the girl and turns around. Spencer's like waiting right there with a grin, and he kind of very cautiously says hello and smiles. And Spencer, I think he's generally glad to see her. Yeah, but I, I think he's definitely a little cautious at the same time. You should all have your guard at least halfway up with the Hastings. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer says, "Oh, I thought it was time I thanked everyone who looked after me." And he's like, "You're welcome." And she says, "I brought you something." And she opens the tin. There are no cookies in that tin. It's the there police. Are, there are. There's a good or, are there some underneath? underneath? Okay. Yeah, underneath. But yeah. On top of everything is the police report interview file 
that Eddie Lamb did the night Marion Cavanaugh died. And, and he, he just kind of stares at it. Like, well, shit. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. She, she's totally grinning. She's like, have a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that crazy. They're crazy enough. Um, yeah. Got to it like after the commercial, uh, lounge at Radley. Eddie Lamb is on the couch looking over that police report. Spencer fills us in. The night Toby's mom was killed, Eddie Lamb was questioned by Detective Wilden. Only he was Officer Wilden back then. Hmm. Officer Wilden. And, uh, yeah, this is the night Toby's mom died. And Eddie kind of corrects. He's like, I wasn't questioned. I was interviewed. Spencer's like, come on. And he says, look, they talked to everybody who was working. Uh, what did Eddie say? He says, you've read it. So she picks up the report and reads it back. She says, subject reported patient Kavanaugh was not in her room at bed check. She discovered the roof access door unlocked. He went up to the roof and looked over the east ledge and saw a body on the ground below. That's what Wilden wrote in his notes, Spencer says. Mm -hmm. So I guess Eddie kind of found the body or at least saw it from above. Well, and Eddie says that's the reason that's in his notes because that's what I told him. Spencer asks then why it says in the official report that Toby's mom jumped from a window and not the roof. And Eddie's just like, it doesn't make any difference. The woman's dead. And the audience is like, thank you. Uh, Spencer says, if it doesn't make any difference, then why would Wilden change the facts when he filed a report? Why would he lie? And Eddie's kind of, I don't know if he's getting angry or just a little kind of uh, stressed, I guess. Because he's like, hey, why does anybody lie? Because they're pretty and little, Eddie. Yeah, and they kind of stare down each other for a couple seconds. And Spencer says, you think somebody paid him off to lie about how Toby's mom died? He basically just told her to follow the money. Yeah. And he says... Didn't you ever wonder how a guy like Wilden goes from being a patrolman to detective so fast? Uh, Spencer um, says, you should have told somebody when they filed the report. And he's like, tell who? The police? Wilden was the police. Then so Spencer tells Eddie that Toby deserves some answers and the audience deserves the end of the storyline. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there you have it. To all members of the audience who can continuously complain about why do the girls perpetually like not go to the cops... This is yet another example. What, what good has ever come from them going to the cops? Because, like, frequently, though, that, that's the beauty of, like, Wilden was the cop. He's a bad dude. Garrett was a cop. He's a bad dude. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about, like, Tanner and Holbrook is seemingly they're not bad people, but our our characters are now. That's why they don't go to the cops <laughs> currently. Yeah. Um. But also, I'm, I'm curious about the timeline of this. So, the first secret takes place a little less than a year before Allison disappears. Right. Um, more or less, yeah, like like eleven or like ten months, probably nine, ten months. Yeah. And so at that point, Toby's dad is getting remarried to the Jenna Things mom. Well, Jenna Things moving in, and so, his mom, I believe, had been dead for a year. I think is like the line we get. So I, my only question about this episode and this what what Eddie's implying is that they're saying that somebody paid off Wilden and blah blah blah. Somehow this led to him getting like a fast track promotion, which took then two years. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it's necessarily this incident led to get him getting promoted, but maybe Wilden's the kind of guy who like knows who to uh, to massage the truth for to get ahead. Maybe the Russian mafia in Rosewood? Yeah. Yeah, the Russian mob hand is worried about. Yeah. Uh, so Eddie says, you know, Spencer, if I were you, I'd put this back where I found it and forget that I ever saw it. He's talking about the file. It's not going to change anything. Not for you, not for me, not for Toby's mother. 
fuck Toby in this. Spencer says, yeah, well, very loosely affiliated with this. My friend Hannah's mother is sitting in a jail cell accused of killing Wilden. So I need to know who else wanted to see him dead. Speaking of which, we cut to Hannah's kitchen where Hannah and Moner, you know, they've moved from the to the island from the table. Um, Hannah's and, getting a soda out of the fridge, which I think is her move when she has nervous energy at yeah, home. She yeah. always gets up and gets a soda. Yeah. I don't know if she ever actually drinks those sodas. Um, Hannah says, the police took all the high heels in the house, my mother's and mine and Tom's. Um, and Mona's like, and left you with nothing but flats? That's barbaric. <laughs> It's not hard to see occasionally why Mona and Hannah are buddies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they totally sync up. Um, I, and I love it, like, those moments, though. Like, that in retrospect, a lot of people thought were fake about, like, Mona in season mm-hmm. one and two. We're, we're totally real. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Hannah asks about the shoe print or Wilden was killed, and Mona says, uh, are they going to find a match in Ashley's closet? Hannah says, no, I don't think so. Why not? Because there's a pair missing. Uh, is it Monolos? The Manolos. Manolos. Of, of muddy berry manolos under the sink and they're missing. Yeah. They had mud on them. They're hidden under the sink. Now they're gone. And Mona's like, you threw them out. And Hannah says, no, they just weren't there anymore. And Mona's like, no, Hannah, you threw them out. They're the shoes you were wearing when he met Wilden at the lake and shot him. Hannah's like, I did? <laughs> and Mona says, you tried to clean them. And when you couldn't, you threw them away. You wore those shoes that night. Not your mother. You threw them out. And Hannah, now brainwashed, says, I threw them out because they were my mom's and I didn't want anyone to think that those were her prints. And Mona's like, you see, all it all makes sense now, doesn't it? Now let's talk about the gun. And it's like, Hannah's basically like recruited Mona to brainwash her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically. Well, I love that. She She's says, like, work your crazy Mona A magic on me. Well, she <laughs> says, you know, you see, it all makes sense now, doesn't it? And Hannah's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Did I kill Wilden? Huh. Yes, um, they did. And I feel like that's the kind of thing is that she kind of does. And Mona's not the only one who does it to, to her. Like, uh, I think you could say that Dr. Sullivan did that a little bit when Hannah yeah. had her cathartic moment with the chair named Allison. I, I feel like you, you don't want to take that away from Hannah, though. No, no. Um, also, outside the brew, Emily's, like, sitting at a table, like, doing shit on her phone. There's a text from Aria that says, have you heard from Hannah with three question marks? Um, and then Bruce Willis's daughter walks up to her. Is Rumor Willis, right? Rumor Willis. Uh, this is this, Zoe, her supervisor from Haiti. Yeah, Rumor Willis is talking about how this town's like perfect town, USA. Uh, her outfit here. She's wearing a uh, like kind of tight jeans. Uh, Rumor Willis is, mm. and like a kind of loose fitting work shirt, not in like perhaps something Indiana Jones might wear. Mm. Uh, and it's, but it's only kind of buttoned halfway. It's hanging loosely. And then she has this like giant gold medallion on a necklace, like swinging around. It's a, it's an interesting look. Um, and she's, they hug and she's like, this town is almost as photogenic as you. Mm. And so Emily asks if Rose, I, so I was so perplexed by these two comments. I kept thinking like throughout this whole scene, is she like just really think Emily is this fucking amazing or is or she like, like hitting on her? Or like did they hook up or? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, was Emily like like the rabid, pathetic, depressing drunk in Haiti that she came back to town to be? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, was so, she like the camp mattress? I mean, who knows? <laughs> Emily asks if Rosa was really, you know, on uh, uh, Rumor Willis's way. And Rumor Willis says close enough that when she got Emily's email, she figured it was worth the detour. Which, again, that email must have been sent. At best, hours ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, that whole episode takes place in one day. So this chick 
really does look like Hudson Hawk of a wig on. And she's hitting on Emily. Um, <laughs> and she says, so, where have you been, Joe DiMaggio? You don't call? You don't answer any emails? I mean, nobody's heard from you in months. Who, who, who is this nobody? Like, Haiti people? Haiti people. people? Yeah. <laughs> Haiti folk. Haiti shit. Um, Emily apologizes. Haitian shit. That, Haitian shit. Uh, she says that she really didn't want to stay in touch, but she's been a little busy. And busy dealing with her girlfriend's murder. Dating a new girl. Almost being killed by the murder of her first girlfriend. Dealing with that monster, Arya. Dealing with another friend being in a mental hospital. Almost being burned to death by a silence unknown. Being rescued possibly by her murdered friend. Watching over her friend's mom being framed for a murder she didn't commit. Getting her, like, uh, her, like, dreams fucked up. You know, her, her dreams of being crushed and her arm. College drama. Then having somebody drive a car through her house. Also, both of her parents are sometimes pretty, like, whiny bitches. And being investigated by cps uh, and that all happened in like what a month and a half yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh and so else is like eh, busy's good yeah i was worried that uh, you're still dealing with losing maya and emily's like well i still miss her and so he you know doesn't need to be told she saw emily's face when she got off the plane decided to take an entire summer to rebuild her and emily smiles and she's like was i any help that summer or just another disaster area and so he's like, excuse me, by the third day, you were MVP of the entire team. We had to pry the electric drill out of your hands. And then for some reason, she like gets out her phone to show Emily pictures of Emily building houses, like in case Emily forgot. Yeah. Uh, and Zoe's like, oh, I'm putting a crew together this summer. Wish we had you on our team. Uh, where is this going to be? Nicaragua. Uh, so Emily's like curious, like she's like, ooh, I want to come because uh, I think for Emily, it's like, yeah, get the fuck out of Rosewood. Well, it's just a weird, I mean, it's obviously intentional, like, counterpoint to what's going on with Hannah and Mona, where first Ezra says, basically, you need to have somebody remind you of who you are. Then this person yeah. shows up to remind Emily of who she wants to be, you know, minus, like, swimming and what have you. And this all follows, you know, in the same season, same general storyline where Emily had literally had her face taken from her. <laughs> It's so You're never getting out of Rosewood, Emily. Exactly. This town's a fucking hell mouth. Exactly. Uh, so, cut to jail. Ashley's meeting with Caleb. Caleb. Um, and she's like, I don't think this is what you expected when you got involved with my daughter. And honestly, this is not like the first crazy fucking thing that Caleb's had to deal with due to his relationship with Hannah. I know it's easy to forget because it was glossed over so quickly. Mm-hmm. But Caleb was shot after all. He was shot. His mother was run off the road by yeah. the uh, mysterious A. Him and Hannah have broken up what, twice? Uh, maybe minimum it's, twice. Well, it's, it's there's always like the real breakup and then like the fake breakup just for appearance sake. So, well, there was when he left town in. Well, he left town in like early season three for like a few episodes. Well, ago. no, so there was you know after his mom got ran over in Montecito, they broke up, but cut back to. Like Mona throwing away the note, mm-hmm. and Hannah leaves or Caleb leaves town on the bus until Lucas comes and rescues him. So at least minimum two real breakups. Sure. Um. So Ashley thanks Caleb for coming. She's worried about Hannah, and Caleb's like, "Well, she's worried about you." Ashley says that she can't help or do anything from here, but she's worried that Hannah's going to do what, what she might do if things don't work, work out. out. And Caleb's like, "Has she said anything?" Ashley's like, "No, nothing." But I know how Hannah thinks. She wants results and will charge right into a situation without thinking. She gets that from me. And Caleb's like, I think she gets a lot of things from you. She's brave. She's loyal. And Ashley's like, and stubborn. 
And Caleb's like, yeah, she can be. Uh, Ashley knows that Hannah's very angry right now. She doesn't want her making any mistakes because of that. And she's like, oh, she listens to you, Caleb. And he's like, yeah, sometimes. Mm. Not a lot. And Ashley's like, she does more than you know. And Caleb's like getting like all misty now. Yeah. He's just like, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and uh, Ashley thanks him. And then we hear an announcement. Visiting hours are up. So Ashley has to get up. And, and then for some reason, like Caleb's just like, Mrs. Marin, Hannah loves you. She would do anything for you. He's he's all like very taken emotionally, and Ashley's like, "That's what I'm afraid of." Good point. Yeah, and she leaves, go back to her cell, and Caleb just shakes his head. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, "Why? Yeah. Why did that scene have to happen?" How great would Caleb be if like like just cracked Smoker's voice? Mm-hmm. Um, so a voice that sounds like Toby's face looks. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Um, so outside the brew, Emily's like still chilling there. Rumor Willis. It's like the afternoon or something. Rumor Wills asks Emily, asks and Emily answers, you know, she hasn't been in the pool since the accident. Yeah, swimming ain't happening right now. So maybe they'll need to rethink her using power tools on this uh, this Nicaraguan thing. Find something else less physical for her to do. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, I'll be fine by next summer. Because <laughs> that won't get here till at least season six. Yeah. Uh, it's not a permanent injury. It just It'll just fuck up her academic future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Rumor Rose keeps like looking at Emily like she can see right through her. Um, she tells Emily that she doesn't need to sell herself, that she could write a glowing recommendation for her in her sleep. Just then, Pam comes like running up to Emily. She didn't mean to interrupt. And then Pam looks at Rumor Rose and she's like, I didn't mean to interrupt, but holy shit, you look just like John McClane in a wig. And Rumor Rose <laughs> like, okay, very, I get all the time. Pam looks very tense. Uh, and Emily's like, what's wrong? And basically it's like, blah, 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 second adjuster, insurance, something, something. We won't be back in the house for months. Which could be seasons. Whole seasons for the show. Yeah. And Pam has something that needs to, she needs to take the police uh, department. But, and Emily's like, oh, I understand. I'll take it. You shouldn't have to walk in there. I mean, sure, Pam just lost her job there. But Emily, meanwhile, is a person of interest in a case. But, sure. Emily just walks in there all the time now. Yeah, apparently. Um, Pam's like, I'll see you back at home. Well, you know, back at the motel. Uh, so she leaves. Emily like brushes her hand through her hair, like like embarrassed. Yeah, like she's that. embarrassed, and like she never explains because uh, it's always just like motel, huh? And Emily's like, oh, it's just for now. Long story. Like, is it that long of a story to say like some crazy psycho crashed a car in our like our living room, and it's yeah. gonna take a while to repair? Like, that's all you need to say. I I once knew a girl who had a very similar situation, only it was that her mom had set fire to like the front of the house. Just well, that's front. a little different. I mean, but so they were in a hotel for like, you know, six weeks while the house. Well, was if there. you tell me that story, I'm like, so what's up with your mom? Yeah. Whereas with Emily's story, it's like, I don't know who it was. Some crazy psycho. They ran away. is hit and run. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. So rumor else feels bad for opening Emily does Habitat for Humanity thing. And Emily's like, no, she wants to do it. Does she have a sign up form here? She need to do it online. And rumor will says, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> yippee ki so uh, Zoe smiles and gets it to like this big ass like brochure folder out and slides it over to Emily. Uh, blah blah blah. So Who Hannah's cares? Uh, why why are these rumor Willis scenes even here? I don't know. This I mean, this episode felt a little fillerish to me. Well, it's 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 almost akin to the the Missy Franklin thing. Only Missy yeah. Franklin like kind of fit in more. <laughs> um, it's also it's hard though to refer to things from the summer. 
which was, you know, a season and some change ago. Well, like the the A plots in this episode of like kind of Spencer's very shenanigans and and the Hannah Mona stuff is good. But then they have like nothing for Arya and Emily to do in this episode. Oh, Arya just controls this episode with that yeah. hideous fashion that's adorning her body. Um, so Hannah's kitchen at night. Mona's, you know, they're role playing still, interrogating. Yeah, she's like, "Where'd you get the gun?" And Hannah says, "I found it at my father's desk. I was afraid of Wilton, so I took it in case he ever tried anything." It's a great overhead shot of them sitting across each other at the island, the light shining down on like their interrogation room, <laughs> and then we get into some really nice close-ups. Yeah, uh, Mona says, they found your mother's fingerprints on the bullets. And Hannah says, I don't know anything about that. Look, my dad had that gun when he lived with me. My mom probably loaded it once, but I was the first one to ever shoot it. Mona says, and you shot it at Wilden. And says, yes. Mona says, he followed him to the lake and you shot him. And it's like, that's right. Mona says, what was it like? And it's like, what? And Mona says, you killed someone. And like now, like the score kind of intensifies, and Hannah starts to get a little creeped out. Mona's saying he was as close to you as I am, to you, and you shot him. What did that feel like? And Hannah's like, "Hey, what the hell kind of question is that?" Yeah. Mona says the sort of question that will let them know whether or not you're lying or telling the truth. Uh, make me believe you were there. Tell me what you did. I I I wish they depicted Mona as like a true sociopath. She's not. She has moments of like psychosis, but mm-hmm. I always love the idea of the sociopath just being like, what do emotions feel like? Well, I feel um, like Mona can like switch it on if she needs to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so fantasy Flash- sequence. Yeah, fake flashback. Pseudo um, flashback, yeah. Blurry, foggy. It's uh, an interesting lake. angle where like the camera is very low on the ground, like as low as like the car's bumper, mm. as we see Wilden kind of walking up past his uh, his like cop car. It's right. all like muddy and, you know, the lights Fucked are still up. on. Yeah. Uh, and he walks around in front of the car and then Han- Hannah's there and they're like talking to each other because it's a fake flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilton says, hello, Hannah. Look what I found. He means car. Uh, Mommy's not going to be able to fix this one for you, Hannah. And there's kind of like this like double shot of like Hannah pulling out the gun like twice. Right. Uh, then we go back to the Marin house, and I really it? wish the show featured like regularly featured like shots of Hannah pulling guns on people, <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. yeah, like all the time. <laughs> so Mona says, and just like that, you pulled the gun on him. Self defense, Hannah. Remember, we're going for self defense. Well, I like you must that have this... had said something, done something in this fantasy sequence. Like Willem does not look like threatened or concerned when that gun comes out. Yeah, yeah, he he like just doesn't consider it at all. Like he obviously, like he kind of looks at it and then just like looks back up at Hannah. Like yeah, it t- doesn't take her seriously. Yeah. So back in the fantasy sequence, Wilton says, "Well, maybe you can fix this one. I mean, you are your mother's daughter." And we hear a shot close up on Wilton's face as he reacts to what must have been like a shot in the gut. But from the sound mix, we quickly realize this isn't a shot, but just like a sudden loud noise which kind of morphs into the sound of somebody knocking on the back door. We're back in reality in Hannah's kitchen. Hannah turns around from the island, and there's Caleb at the back door. Yeah. He's knocking, looking in, seeing Hannah with Mona, and looking very, very concerned. Well, let's not bulldoze over that uh, that moment, the flashback, though. Wilden is like, maybe you can fix this one for yourself. Skeezy. So skeezy. I mean, yeah. you are your mother's daughter. He's basically saying, why don't you blow me? Yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
Well, it, and and I guess if we assume that this is Hannah's imagination here, this is how Hannah has always viewed Wilden. She's always felt like this guy was like like scheming on him on her from the moment that he. Mm-hmm. Burst into her foyer, like making out of her mom, and her mom gave her that glance to head up the stairs to like him cooking breakfast in her kitchen and just a towel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So after the commercial break, we're back in Hannah's kitchen. Caleb's in the kitchen there, standing watching Hannah. Hannah's sitting at the island, back in her spot where she was before. She's her back is to him. She's being very distant, acting. Mona's like on the other side of the island, like leaning back against the sink. <laughs> um. Caleb tells Hannah that he's been trying to reach her, and she says she knows. He says that he thought she was going to be for dad, and she's like, he had uh, a work thing. Well, and she's facing away, and as she, as she lies, she's smiling a little, like, as she starts to tell the lie. She's like, he had a work thing. And she kind of looks up. She's, like, making, like, full eye contact with Mona the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like she's trying to impress her with her lying, and but- Mona's kind of, like, silently appraising her. But Mona's really watching Caleb, seeing how he reacts to obviously being lied to. Yeah, she's watching them both. And so Caleb's like, Hannah, what is Mona doing here? And Mona's like, oh, it's nice to see you too. Well, he doesn't say what is Mona doing here. He says, what is she doing here? Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Hannah sighs, turns to face Caleb, um, because I guess like the twinning spell has broken there. Um, she says that, you know, Mona found out about Ashley, came over. They've been through a lot, so they're trying to move on. And Caleb's like, Mona doesn't move on. She goes right through. Don't you, Mona? And this gives Mona a good <laughs> laugh. Like, And she's like, I don't, want you, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Hardy, bro. Yeah, I don't have the slightest inkling of what you're talking about. She scoffs. And Hannah says, Caleb, you were looking for me. You found me, and I'm okay. And Caleb's like, like hell you are, okay? And Hannah says, it's complicated, and I don't do complicated. That is patented Caleb dialogue. Oh Patented. yeah, they so, own that. Um, Hannah unleashes that if her mom goes to jail, she'll have to move into Tom, his wife, and her tarantula of a daughter, with blonde back, tarantula, yeah. with back fat. So talking to Mona makes all the sense in the world. Well, and compared just, to that, talking to Mona makes all sense in the world. Yeah, Mona eats that up, and then she's like, "It's my calming influence." God, she's amazing. Yeah, even though that was pretty backhanded. Yeah, um, and Hannah says, "God, just leave me alone, okay? For now." And Caleb kind of scoffs, and he's like, sure, whatever, I'll leave you alone. But he takes off, and then as he leaves uh, through the side door, Mona walks over to Hannah, and she's like, we're almost finished. Well, I, and then, you know, what Con's talking about, like, uh, in some ways, Hannah and Caleb is, like, the most supportive relationship. Um, yeah, but he, he, he... They don't listen to each other. Yeah, they don't they listen to each other. They and... go to eat against each other's, like, like, like direst wishes and more even than somebody like like Paige or toby caleb is constantly like going and starting his own shit to be like protective yeah and it always backfires i mean the thing is that neither Paige nor toby have say faked their own death and watched as like their significant other like went to a mental hospital over it but mm. you know none of these relationships are what you would call expressly healthy no i mean I, I feel like caleb and hannah kind of feels like the the most romantic but he does kind of step out on his own quite a bit uh to kind of like you know be the uh the, the protector and yeah, it, lot, it, it yeah. definitely gets annoying and she does it for him too yeah but she's a liar she could do that 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I, I guess the difference is that over the course of the show, I've really felt the the organic progression of their romance. You're like a they, big Halo fan. I guess I am a big Halo fan. I guess so. But like, I felt like it's been more successful in its smaller uh, uh, arena mm-hmm. than like Ezria on the whole has. I get that Ezri is one of those things we just have to accept, like the sun and rain and global warming, but... I don't like any of the SOs. I, I ship, like, Arya and Spencer and Hannah and Emily. Team Sparia? Mm-hmm. Um, so, cut to Spencer's house, speaking of which. Spencer comes home, and there's Veronica and Beckett looking through files. Uh, Veronica says that Peter wants Spencer to meet him at the club for dinner. Because, of course, he can't be in the same room. Is what, what? You, what kind of food do you think they serve at the club? Uh, I would love to see more scenes take place at the club. I feel like it's a lot of like that kind of bland hotel food, you know, if you like a, like a nice hotel, have like a restaurant and room Mm -hmm. service and the food's okay, but it's like, you would never like, you never specifically go out of your way to like, go get that food. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've eaten at country clubs before Mm -hmm. and it's like you go there and I feel like you order the steak just because you want to feel like the, the money you're paying. Yeah adding up to something but so you know in episode two i had a much different impression of the apple rose grill because peter hastings ate there of his daughters mm-hmm. i thought in their in their one of their daughter's fiancés i thought okay this is the upscale fucking restaurant in <laughs> rosewood Ren didn't then, get taken to the club and then if, well, a few episodes later like like toby's just sitting there in the front window reading like catching the fucking rye and i thought well peter hastings will never come back here again well i think what you're saying is that Peter took Ren and Melissa to the Apple Rose Grill because for him, it was like going to McDonald's. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Do you just imagine like... Uh, it's like, oh, your fiance's in town? Let's go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Peter Hastings goes to the drive through at Taco Bell, gets some food, like parks in the parking lot to eat the food and plays high-low of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Veronica says that, you know, she'll be working for a while here. Spencer says, okay. She starts to head to the stairs. She passes by Beckett, who tells her that he didn't hear her even leave earlier. And she has this little smile on her face. And she's like, you were busy. And he says, oh, yeah, it's a, sure. It's a very small, like, I'm making my mouth as small as possible smile, you know. And she's like, he's like, by the way, do you want to slip that file back in the box where your mother notices? He's whispering this, yeah. And she looks surprised. And she's like, what file? And he smiles. And she eventually realizes that, she, that he's on to her. She uh, says that she'll take care of it. He, she kind of well, like he's like trying to flirt. Yeah, and she's just smirking at this. Also, I feel like she's surprised that he actually like whispered because nobody ever whispers on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Spencer's like, I'll take care of it, and he's like, suit yourself. He, you know, she kind of gives him this like shitty look as she leaves. But I feel like this guy has the right idea in approaching like the regal dreadnought majesty that is Spencer, like. You the to me the way you you get the Spencers you play her game, and then you surprise her about yeah. how well you play it. Yeah, and, but this guy, as I said, is not dating Melissa, so Spencer doesn't care. True, and and I feel like if Melissa hadn't gone to London, which is cold, you know, just like mm-hmm. her, like I could have seen him lasting on the show. I wouldn't have minded. I guess he he seems Spencer's like he's not going to date the help. True, she's not. Well, she's not going to date an intern. Yeah, that's for sure as fuck. This oh. guy, I mean, his face, like, I feel like this actor has like special stunt training and like how to get slapped. 
Because <laughs> like that, every show this guy's on, he should just be getting like slapped inside of the face for some Do reason you think, or another. Like, when you like apply and get accepted to Juilliard, like one of the the teachers is like, "Oh, by the way, we've enrolled you for uh, getting slapped 101." Because mm-hmm. seriously, do you have a mirror? Have you seen yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're gonna freshen up the other side, make it you know baby's bottom. Uh, so Arya's house. Arya's like sitting on the couch reading a book. She's changed clothes. She's now wearing uh, a black top. And tights that have a pattern on them that's a cross between like mood lighting and a close-up photography of fish. Well, it's like teal, turquoise, and like pink, I don't know, magenta. I mean, you know what's going on there in black. And a pink uh, leather jacket. Yeah, and a pink leather jacket. Uh, and she's reading a book, but she hears like like a kind of weird clatter outside. Like she has like the windows open, and then she hears like an engine revving and like these tires squealing and. Obviously, like somebody just ran into Emily's house, so this is sounds like, kind of threatening. It sounds really yeah, close. I, it's really good. Like the fear hangs over Icaria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she gets up and goes to the window, and she pauses, and the sound goes away for a moment, and then it's back, and there's more like t- tires like screeching, pretty freaky. A uh, good mm-hmm. audio mix there. Mm-hmm. So she goes and grabs her phone and dials a, a number, and some some bro answers, and he's like, "Mike's phone." And Arya's like, who is this? So we get to like a pool hall where some dude in a letterman jacket holding a pool pool cue is talking at the line. He's like, Mike's butler, who is this? And Arya's like, uh, it's his sister. Can you just put him on the phone, please? And we hear like this bro like calling out to others. Like, hey, is Mike back there? And someone, and wait, somebody is like, Mike, wake up. And uh, this bro on the phone is like, he's not conscious yet. Yeah. And Arya keeps on, she's like, well, can you just put him on the phone? Uh, this dude just sets the phone down and, like, goes back to playing pool. And she's like, hello, hello, hello. And eventually she just, like, hangs up and she's like, how rude. And really, this is why she dates, like, English teachers. They have manners. Yeah. Um, She kind of, like, like throws her hands up in the air, like, there's only one thing left to do. And she picks up the phone and dials the number, and you can guess who she calls. Uh, oh, I, I don't know if you can guess who she calls, because, let's be honest, there were two things she could do there. She She picked option option A. The 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 lady or the tiger, and she picked. Yeah. She didn't uh, pick lady. option Z. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Hannah's bedroom. They're continuing the role play. Mona and Hannah have moved upstairs now. Mo- this is like where the slash fiction we wanted to go. Like, <laughs> was it episode one or episode two of this season? Um. So Mona looks so intense, and she's like, "Tell me again." I saw him in town. You saw who in town? And it says Detective Wilden. I followed him out to the lake. I saw his car there. And Mona says, but they found his car in town. And he says, I don't know anything about that. I saw his car at the lake. And Mona asks, did you see anyone else there? And Hannah says, no. Wilden was angry. And then fake flashback again. Wilden's like kicking the bumper, kind of like slightly busted bumper on his car. A few times. Yeah. And he gives her a look. Gives her a look, and Hannah says he's gonna blame it all. It's like this weird, like voiceover, you know. Or Hannah says he's gonna blame it all, all this on my mom. I know it. He's been after me and my mom. And Mona's asking why, and Hannah says because of what he did to Allie. No one believes us. No one will help us. He wants to hurt my mom. And so then, Hannah in the flashback, or no, not in the flashback. It's it's hard to keep track of uh, what's going on. It dissolves into yeah. A- profile shot of Wilden in this like fantasy flashback he looks over to where Hannah like standing there and Hannah's voice over you know it's like now it's his time to be scared 
and I'm going to make him stop. He kicks the bumper again. I kept thinking if the repeated like bumper kicks were supposed mm. to like remind us of like Caleb knocking on the door. I don't know. Willem's like, you did this. And Hannah's like, I'll do worse if you don't leave us alone. Because suddenly Hannah is like dirty hairy. Well, I feel like we should point out her outfit is like uh, like knee-high black boots, like black jeans, uh, black top with like a big black scarf on and like her hair like pulled up in a bun. Like it's like a doing dirt kind of look. Or at least mm-hmm. as close as you get for somebody fashionable like Hannah. Yeah, yeah. She's not wearing, like, you know, Sunday morning comics all over yeah. her body. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'll do worse if you don't leave us alone. Wilden says, you're in very big trouble, Hannah. I can make your mother's life a living hell. And then Hannah pulls the gun out. Yes. And the gun makes, like, a gun cocky noise. Yeah. Like, even though she just pulled it out. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's how guns work, apparently. Uh, and he kind of moves closer to her anyway, like, like does not give a shit that he, she just pulled a gun out on him. He just like walks right over to her and he's like, unless that is you and I work something out. Well, because in her, in her deepest, darkest fantasies, like whatever, her, her efforts mean nothing to this man. Yeah. You know? Um, so cut back to Hannah's bedroom and Mona says, he hurt your mom. He wants to hurt you. He's got all the power. Nobody's going to help you. You're the only one in the world who can do anything about it. You're all alone out there. Bugs are getting in your hair. And the lake smells like something died in it. What happened next? And Wilden moves closer to Hannah. And then he reaches for the gun. And Hannah shoots him. And then she and he like, he like, pulls out a wooden stake and stabs it in his heart. It, yeah. He looks down. He's like he's shocked. And he like falls to the ground on his knees. And then cut to Mona. She like holds up two fingers. And she's like, two, Hannah. You shot him twice. And so then we see in the, you know, kind of fantasy sequence, Hannah, like, kind of moves the gun right over on top of Wilden's heart and, like, fires again. Mm-hmm. And Wilden, it's a, I like the, the way this is shot is neat. He, like, kind of falls over to the left dead uh, as Hannah's, like, holding the gun out. Like, she looks like a complete badass here. Well, it's a haunting and interesting visual. I mean, she mm-hmm. looks stone cold. Um, then she looks over and sees that Ashley is standing there watching her. Ashley's wearing that, like, what we described as, like the fake Spencer Hastings X-Men trench coat. Oh yeah. From the mm-hmm. end of season three. Yeah. And looks like proud, grateful or something. It's very complicated. It's the, um, <laughs> Hannah, your mind is weird. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's the scene where like Ashley steps in the traffic because she mm-hmm. thinks she sees Wilden across the street, at the pizza place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to Hannah's bedroom, Hannah finishes the story. Then she's like, and then I ran away. And Mona says, well, who moved the car and put the body in the trunk? And Hannah's like, I don't know. All I know is that I killed him. I shot him with my father's gun because he was after my mom and no one was going to help us. And Mona says, well, are you sorry that you killed him? And Hannah eventually says that, yeah, she She's is. kind of sighs. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Mona looks impressed and aroused. Mm-hmm. Um, of course you are. All you have to do now is tell the truth and everything will be all right. Because I have face. now incepted you. Hannah's face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah's bedroom, meanwhile. She's later. She's well, yeah, at, not meanwhile. Later. Later on. She's looking at another mirror. She's touching up her lipstick. And we see that, see that she's changed into a black dress. This is her <laughs> confessing to murder dress. Well, this is her, I need to look like a femme fatale. So I've, I've done my makeup. I'm in a nice black dress. Well, yeah, I feel like, you know, Ari and Spencer are the movie buffs, you mm-hmm. know. But Hannah's seen a few film noirs in her day, too. Yeah. And she's she's going to have a, a very nice mugshot. Yeah, lady killer. Yeah. She picks up her purse and she kind of walks out of her room and is like heading towards the foyer. 
But then we hear Caleb. Well, so there's one of those great voyeuristic angles as we see, like we're kind of pushing in that same hallway because PLO uses a lot of the same setups per episode. Mm -hmm. We're pushing down that same hallway. You know, we saw Hannah coming down and make the call to, to Ashley earlier and we see Hannah going to the front door and we like, we're like that weird angle. But then Caleb steps in the frame because he was the voyeur in this case. Um, she looks surprised and kind of sad to see him there. Where do you think you're going? Yeah. And he walks in and he's like, you didn't think I was going to leave you alone with her, did you? Hannah's oh, face. Fuck off, Caleb. Hannah's face, like, it's the guilty shame face, but... Uh... Well, because on top of, like, she doesn't want him to see her like this. But also, she needs to summon up, like, certain elements of herself to do this. And Caleb will be the thing that doesn't let her do that. Yeah. So, cut to Arya's house. Arya's place. Uh, she answers the door because someone's there. It's Jake. Mm. Uh, he asks if she's heard from Mike. Uh, no. And he's like, where does this team usually hang out after a game? Arya doesn't know. Just the, they played in Richland. And Jake is like, was he at a house party? This dialogue's also boring. Uh, no. Uh he, it sounded like he was at a bowling alley, just not as loud. There were all these crashes and pings. An arcade, they both, like, you know, think of at the same time. But it really wasn't an arcade, though. You fucking dorks. No, it was a gay bar. Uh, Jake, <laughs> Jake, uh, he, he knows a place there. He can't remember the street. And Arya's like, maybe we should just get in your car and go drive there. And Jake's cool for this. But then Mike calls. And Arya's basically like, where the fuck were you? And he says, uh... Arya says, your friend said you're unconscious. And Mike's like, undressed? Which is like a weird mishearing. And Arya's like, no, Very not undressed, weird. unconscious. And Mike's just like, look, my friend is just messing with you. I'm fine. Might just stay at Billy's tonight. And Arya's like, you're not coming home at all? And he says, it's three blocks away, okay? I'll see you in the morning. Click. Yeah. So she gets off the phone with Mike, you know, come back to her living room. Um, she wants, because we saw that we saw Mikey there, that he was actually in that like pool hall. Mm -hmm. uh, she wants to know Mike would put her through that. Pool hall in quotes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Jake, you know, Arya's like, she wants to know why Mike put her through that. And Jake points out that Mike doesn't know that Jake told her about his teammates. So Mike probably doesn't know why tonight scared her so much. And Arya's like, oh, which makes a lot of sense. I'll give you that, mm -hmm. Jake. Arya's like, so now I'm basically spying on him, which is Arya's go-to Just mode. like, anyway, hey. So, you know, Jake's next to her on the couch. And he's like, Mike's a great guy. He's, he's got, his, got his struggles, but he's working on them. I, I'm making air quotes like Toby, which you can't see. You're making uh, air quotes while making jerk-off motions? Yeah. He thinks Mike can take care of himself. Arya's very dubious. She's like, you think? And he says, I'll you know, I'll tell her if he gets out of control. Or I'll tell you if he gets out of control. And so is, is Mikey hurt or is he injured? I think Mikey's just hurt. Okay. Uh, Jake says, honestly, I'm a little more worried about you, Arya, because you're insane. <laughs> he offers to stay, and Arya's like, oh, you hungry? And he's like, well, I guess that's a yes, then. I'll give this to, to Jake, though. He saw her in that fucking dress earlier, and he still came over when she called. Are you giving that to him? I guess so. Okay. I guess so. I mean, that dress would turn me off. <laughs> Do you think he was like, are you still wearing that dress? Because if you are, I'm not coming over. He's like, I've got some very complicated fantasies. They're very weird. I have the weirdest boner right now. It's like a Marvel Comics, DC Comics mashup boner. Um, so meanwhile, in Hannah's kitchen, at the island, Hannah and Caleb are now talking. She's apparently told him her plan. And Caleb's like, so Mona talked you into this. He's giving her a third degree about Mona. He thinks Mona talked her into it. And Hannah's just like, no, Mona was helping me. It was my idea. 
And Caleb's like, it's insane. You can't do this. You'll never pull her off, and I won't let you. Oh, no, no. So his reasoning is, first of all, you can't do it. Second of all, you'll never pull it off. Third Talk of all, you, Caleb. I will not let you go through it. This is like the meta statement of what all women on this show will eventually hear at one point or another. Yeah. And Hannah says, uh, you know, I have to. Maybe A will settle for ruining my life and leave my mother alone. And Caleb says, neither one of you is going to prison. Hannah says, my mom's already there. If they take her away tomorrow, I'll never get her back. Look, it'll be okay. I'll be fine. And Hannah's, or I'm sorry, Caleb's like, you'll be fine? Hannah, you're talking about going to prison, okay? Prison for kids is still prison. Not exactly. You know what kind of people end up in prison? Caleb? Actual bad guys. Yeah. He says, you don't need to do something just because you feel guilty about something that somebody else did. Also, there's a lot of hand acting from Caleb in, in, in this scene. He's, he's, kind of he's got to pick up around. the baton that Toby dropped. Yeah, and Hannah, at, at this, she kind of like stares at him for a sec. She's like, you think she killed him? You think my mom shot Wilden? And he shakes his head. He's like, ah, I, I did till I talked to her today. She never killed anyone. Yeah. So, yeah. meanwhile, in Emily's hotel room home, she gets back. Pam's unloading groceries. Uh, just the essentials, since they're going to eat out most of the time. Emily dropped off whatever the fuck it was. The priest thing from Pam. She says that everyone there asked about Pam. It's been a, it's been a rough fucking week for Pam Fields. Emily and, says that they, they, she thinks they want her back, but they all probably feel bad. And Pam's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how they feel. It's already done. Gonna be looking for new work tomorrow. Well, I but feel like I guess Pam, they just shit candor. Well, no, I think I, the impression I got from this is Pam was like. Uh, due to my privilege, I am not going back there because you questioned me. I don't think that's it at all. Pam, Pam. I mean, as we get into the scene, Pam is like just falling apart. No, I, I oh, think she is. I think she they is. fucking fired her. Uh, and Pam, and then uh, Emily kind of she totally ignores like this news that like Pam needs a new job, and she's like, oh, so like Zoe and my recommendation letter. And Pam looks up and shoots, like, the biggest, like, fakest smile for, like, half a second. She's like, that's yeah. wonderful. And then, it, like, it, the smile fades because she's, like, crushed. And she's yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad there's someone in your corner. And Emily starts talking about Nicaragua. And they want her to go for a whole summer, like, right up until she starts college. And Pam, you know, is frowning more now as Emily hands her the brochure. And she keeps babbling on and on about, like, leadership roles and being a team captain and all this shit. And then Pam just starts kind of like crying, like not total breakdown, but like, you know, tears are welling. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, what's wrong? And Pam says, nothing. Sounds like a great opportunity. And Emily's like, well, maybe I could, you know, not go for the whole summer, you know, work something out with dad, blah, blah. And Pam's just like, just, just stop. You don't need to organize your whole calendar around me. Uh, this is a really important summer for you. And I feel like in, in this, as Pam is like slowly breaking down here, like, She's suddenly like feeling the regret because she's basically like acknowledging like Emily's going to be gone soon. Yeah. And what what's, you know, where is her life now? She's she doesn't have Emily to to worry about anymore soon and or control. And her ass is unemployed and living in a motel. Well, and I think yeah, I think a lot of the things that have befallen the family, she takes personal blame for or feels the personal guilt for. Mm-hmm. Um again, Pam, you don't need to feel guilty for something someone else did. Yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she breaks down crying. She tries to like uh, reinstill her mom role of making Emily dinner. 
Um, Emily has to come comfort her. I mean, Pam's like literally crying in Emily's arms. She keeps making like, I'm so yeah, sorry. Pam just, just like crying. Totally face. breaks down in, in Emily's arms and she's so sorry. And Emily's just saying it's okay. It's a pretty brutal scene. Uh, yeah. good acting by Nia Peoples. Yeah. She tries to stop crying, cries harder. Um, cut to the police station where we see the door open and we start to track a pretty gorgeous pair of legs entering the police station. There's like an 80s soundtrack song playing. It's like 80s, like murder fashion music. Uh, yeah, like, like something that was like in one of like a lesser Brian De Palma film. We're supposed to think that this is Hannah. Uh, mm. the legs walk across the floor to a desk. And then we see that it's Mona. It's Mona. Of course, the eighties fashion music plays for Mona. Uh, Mona has like her crazy hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you notice that. Like it's, it's kind of like a little wild, uh, kind of. It's almost fair hair. Almost. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, she's all dolled up. Yeah, she and is. she says, uh, I'd like to speak to a detective about a murder to the guy at the front desk. Well, I like in this episode that, uh, spoiler, all the girls from, this it takes place over the course of one day, mm-hmm. from like the, the chunk of like the daylight to the nighttime, all the girls change clothes. Except for Spencer. Except for Spencer. Um, yeah, so Hannah talks to a detective about a murder. So what is Mona up to? Katari's uh, living room. They're flipping through channels on the TV. Jake is in the chair. Ari is on the couch. She's apologizing for hijacking his night. He says he's happy to be there. He looks at the TV and asks what she's in the mood for. Comedy, rom-com, or sci-fi? These are all the genres that the Ari and Montgomery story will fall under. (laughs) But then, then, insert Insidious 2 promo. Yeah, Insidious Chapter 2, like, trailer starts playing. And Jake's like, Insidious 2, have you seen the first one? Twice. This one looks even more terrifying. Fun, terrifying. Meta statement. Uh, Jake's like, it opens next weekend. You want to go? And Ari's like, sure. She's about to say it's a date, but she uh, stops it up says it sounds good. This product placement is bananas to me. Well, they just stop and like watch the promo for like 10 more minutes. <laughs> I mean, I really thought the movie was just going to start like fucking playing on her TV right there. <laughs> Insidious 2? Why, yes, it is Insidious 2. Have you seen Insidious 2? I've seen Insidious 2 twice. It's just like, you know, the only Insidious thing... 2 looks even more terrifying than the first Insidious. The only thing better than the first one is Insidious 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer's living room. Veronica's like still there, like going through papers. Uh, Spencer comes downstairs. Looking she's, guilty. Something again, behind her person, back. Only person hasn't changed clothes. Yeah. She's Veronica's like, oh, hey, what did you think of Beckett? And Spencer's like, I don't think anything yet. Mm-hmm. And Veronica's like, you'll like him. He's smart. Yeah, did you talk to Hannah? And Spencer says, yeah, I did. Uh, Hannah's with her dad. And she's like, what's going to happen to Ashley? And Veronica says, they'll move her to a state facility tomorrow, which is excessive and interferes with my ability to mount a defense. And I'll keep after Judge Riley until she agrees to bail. I like how she, like, puts her own argument into that sentence about, you know, interfering with her ability to mount a defense. Of course. Spencer's it's like, like, does she believe that or is she just saying that? Yeah, Spencer's like, well, meanwhile, she stays in the cell, and Veronica's like, yeah. Yeah, and then Spencer pulls out the, like, Wilden Radley file and just drops it in front of Veronica. And I, I love this so much. Veronica says, oh, I should have warned Beckett about you. Yeah. Uh, I laugh so hard when I watch this for the first time. Like, like Veronica immediately knows, like, god damn it. I was stupid to trust my intern with you. Well, she just like gives like like such this look like you spectacular, clever little bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer asks Veronica if Veronica knows what's in there, and Veronica says the prosecution prosecution is trying to choke them with willing material, and most of it's useless. And Spencer's like, "No, 
that's not useless. So before, that's about Wilden and Radley and Toby's mom. Yeah, there's nobody cares about. Before we get into that, can we just ponder like what like the the HR orientation is like at uh, Veronica's law firm when they're like, "All right, now we need to talk about the Spencer situation." She's like, uh, never mind how you dress. Never mind sexual harassment. We're lawyers. We got that covered. Zero tolerance on our daughter. Zero tolerance. If she's being nice to you, be worried. Well, I feel like, you know, Veronica's explaining that to him, to him. And then, like, Peter Hastings walks in, like, takes his jacket off, takes his tie off, rolls up his sleeves, pulls out a machete from who knows where. And it's just like, I'll cut you up and no one will ever find you. Exactly. Um, just like I feel like they have a whole PowerPoint presentation about like signs, like you know, like know your Spencer moods, you know, and it's yeah. like when to be most worried when Spencer is around. Well, and and things that will do to you as punishment, like we're gonna bend you over, we're gonna get up in your places, we're gonna do some real damage, we're gonna fuck you up, we're gonna do to your body what Spencer would do to your mind and your soul. Um, so Veronica opens the file like she's really curious now. Well, because Veronica's like, who the fuck cares about Toby's mom? And so Spencer says, you know, Wilden was at rally the night Toby's mom died. And what he wrote in his notes does not match the official report. Somebody paid him off to change the facts. <laughs> Veronica's and, just like irrelevant. And Spencer's like, not relevant. Wilden was crooked. He was always crooked. Spencer, and Veronica's like, Spencer, you're done with rally. Be grateful for that. Um, Spencer says that, you know, uh, Toby thinks that, tells her mom that, you know, Toby thinks his mom killed herself. Maybe she didn't. All this, like, you know, links to what happened out there with Wilden. Veronica says, like, nothing we Veronica's like the, what, 10th person in this episode now? To be like, nothing you say is going to bring back Toby's mom. Yeah. If you want to help him, help move on. Yeah, so Spencer, you know, she has to pursue this now. Because if nothing else, it was hidden, and she can't abide that. (laughs) Uh, Veronica can understandably, like, predict the dark rabbit hole. This could be for her, like, can't stop, won't stop daughter. Yeah. And then the phone rings, Veronica answers, and she says, yes. No, I haven't. What do you mean? When did this happen? All right, I'll come down there right away. She hangs up, looks at Spencer, and says, Mona Vanderwall's at the police station. She just walked in and confessed to killing Wilden. It's like, what? Yeah, that was not on Spencer's radar. Yeah. So we get some kind of quick montage cuts. Arya's house, she gets the SOS text. Uh, the music montage plays. Like, Arya's eyes come out to here. Pam uh, is sleeping. Emily gets a text room. behind her in the motel. Uh, Hannah gets the message, SOS, Mona confessed to shooting Wilden, call. All caps. And she kind of stares at it, shows it to Caleb, and they're just like, what the fuck? So the police station. Yeah. RPD, Spencer and Emily walk in together with Veronica. Nice nice pairing there. And then through that windowed hallway that's been featured a lot in the past few episodes, we see Hannah come marching in. Ari and Caleb are following behind her. Somewhere in the rear is Jake. Yeah, Jake's around here somewhere. Uh, the girls go to the middle of the bullpen. They see the detectives going into an office, and Mona's like sitting in the chair in that office, looking out the window at them. Well, it's it's a cool shot because we've panned all the way from Hannah, Arya, and Caleb walking. The camera kind of pans around and then moves forward to look over at the, like the interview room that uh, Mona's been led into. They shut the door, but the window's still open. We kind of keep camera keeps getting closer and closer to Mona's face there. Mm-hmm. nice shot uh her look is just like lethal and it's like mystifying complexity yeah the the hair is just the kind of big waves uh, oh she looks gorgeous yeah. yeah but like she looks like someone who just like delights that 
and the fact that her motives are like an airy mystery to those around her. Um, she sees, she smiles a little bit when she sees that Hannah's there. Hannah's like the last person that like, clicks on the place, the liar's wall. Um, and then the blinds lower down over her because the cops are like well, before his office. Before the blinds lower down, we kind of, you know, we have the, the four liars that form their, their wall. The camera kind of moves closer and closer on Hannah and then it moves closer and closer on Mona and Mona's face there. She just gives like she's staring right at Hannah and she gives just a little bit of a smirk. You know, yeah. and then the and then the blinds drop over her, mm-hmm. and Hannah has this look of just like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that can't be good. Yeah, and so then we go to the A tag. A is somewhere, maybe a basement or something, somewhere where there's like floorboards above. They're putting a drill bit into a drill, and interesting that a drill here. Where rumor wills wouldn't shut up about power tools earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, A uses this drill to drill like straight up above them, uh, through like a like a floorboard, and we see we see up above is just like a hardwood floor somewhere is what it looks like, uh, and A's like drilling a couple holes like uh, peepholes maybe. Well, I like the way they pan up to show you that above this floorboard is what could be like a very nice room, it's like a chair there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the drill goes through and like a you know once A finishes like a shaft of light comes down through the hole. And A, like, clears away the sawdust, like, admiring their work. Mm-hmm. Um, the next episode is called Into the Deep. It's a yeah. Chad Lowe-directed episode. Ooh. Um, so, But Into the Deep, uh, you know, spoiler, that episode's clearly about the fact that Hannah and Emily are going to enter a surf contest to win back the money to pay for Ash's legal defense, while Spencer and Arya have to run a boat to go out in the middle of a storm and find and kill the shark that killed their fathers. And Toby is the crusty old sea captain that aids them. Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, I have a hook. Oh, I have two hooks. Yeah. It makes my hand acting really weird and lethal. Uh, so, oh gosh, uh, I'm gonna tend this really bad. So my my, I've only I've never really seen all the room, but my Tommy Wiseau impression of Toby's dad is, it's not fair. It's not fair. My wife did not kill herself. Oh hi, Jenna thing. Sorry. Um. Who the fuck is Tommy Wiseau? You obviously have never heard of The Room. It's like the ultimate like cult classic movie. Uh, people on Reddit talk about that fucking movie all the time. I've never actually seen other than like YouTube, you know, scenes. Um, also, I want to thank Katie for a very nice tweet concerning our last episode. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Katie. Yeah. Um, hmm, what do we need to talk about? Let me take a look at the wiki here. As usual, there's nothing really interesting. I like how they brought Eddie Lamb back for like one scene. I like Eddie Lamb a lot. I I wish they could work him in a little more. I mean, I don't know how exactly they do it, but yeah, I, I like his chemistry, especially with uh, Spencer, of course. Yeah. Uh, this was although guess... it'd be it'd be hard to have him in a lot of scenes because like he can never say anything. You know, that's like his whole thing but... is like he knows things, but like he can't tell. It's the dance that he does yeah. with Spencer, though. Uh, the, of the notes on this episode with the wiki, the most important one to me is that uh, Brian Holden was originally sent to write this episode, but things got shuffled. So uh, Brian Holden, you know, wonderful for him, got to write the uh, Hardy Bros episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So the roundtable. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to attempt to do kind of a podcast roundtable with uh, Heather Hogan from After Ellen and Jacob Clifton 
who used to do PLL recaps on uh, Television Without Pity, and now he writes for uh, Morning After, a uh, Gawker TV site. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that all comes together, it'll probably be happening sometime around the Halloween episode of PLL. Or not, the Halloween out. special of PLL, I should yeah. say. Yeah, it's not an actual episode. Uh, we're figuring out the details still, but we're so excited. Yeah. If uh, anyone listening to this has any thoughts on uh, it's going to be kind of like a, it's like a little Q&A between all of us. So if you have any questions that you would like answered about the show and fun theories and, you know, well, saying any- whatever. And again, this was this was uh, requested by Norman Buckley, who directs episodes. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll direct the last episode of uh, season four A, um, and he has certain topics that when he initially was like throwing this out in tweets that he wanted to hear discussed. So I imagine we'll tackle those. Yeah, but if anyone else has any uh, anything Please. to offer yeah. to the panel, uh, definitely hit us up. Uh, we are at Bros Watch PLL two on Twitter. You can go to broswatchpll.com, which will redirect you to our website and leave a comment on one of our, our episodes. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. You probably can figure that out. Uh, anything else we need to cover? No, just looking forward to next week. Yeah, we'll be back next time to talk about Into the Deep. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye.